Welcome to Tales from the Green Room, backstage conversations from popular music venues around the country, curated by Mount Tam Media. Listen in as host Dennis Trusulo and Mount Tam Media founder Tammy Larson dig up conversations with artists before and after shows in the exclusive confines of the Green Room. Tammy, we are back here again, finally able to present to our listeners the podcast that resulted from our appearance at Terrapin Sunday Daydream Number 2 in Novato, California. And what a time we had backstage at the uh, Terrapin Extravaganza. Yeah, I love it when our green room ends up being the cafeteria. <laughs> we have to move all of our equipment halfway through. But it's such a cool vibe. I mean, that's why we do this, right? So that we can be backstage while all of the artists are either getting ready or have just come off from a great performance. So we just have to deal with what we do. Just, yeah, like, we, just like when we're in storerooms downstairs at you know, right. the Great American. <laughs> hey, listen, we thank, first of all, thank you to uh, Graham Lesh for uh, inviting us to participate and setting us up where he did. And yes, we were in the uh, sort of the tent that also housed the lunch area. But uh, not to be deterred, we got ourselves pretty comfortable there and had a chance to talk to some folks that appeared. So first of all, let's talk about what Terrapin Sunday Daydream number two was. We missed number one, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But uh, this was a celebration of Terrapin Crossroads. And Terrapin Crossroads, the venue, but probably more so Terrapin Crossroads and the spirit and everything that was created from that. And Graham Lesh and his brother Brian put this together. Phil, of course, was either behind it or supporting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was obviously and there. Yeah. And Phil and Jill, and uh, they created this uh, opportunity to allow the next generation to really take what Phil had built uh, mm-hmm. at Terrapin. And uh, like I said, it wasn't just the four walls of Terrapin and San Rafael. No. It was an amazing 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and because- well, we have, well, I mean, what's great, I mean, which is why we have the beginning of this episode. We're so excited because over the past year, we've been doing these Tales from the Green Room podcasts and have had an opportunity to talk with a lot of the people that were part of the Phil and Friends family. And we just always ask them, especially with just being from this area, what that meant to them. And so we have recorded a few sound bites that you're going to love from different Yeah, artists. I think I think what we're going to do is we're going to set this up. So actually what happened uh, that day is we got to talk to the folks from Moon Alice and you break that down it was John Molo and Barry Sless, Pete Sears, Lester and Dylan Chambers and they all they all chimed in on obviously how Terrapin brought them into the scene, Terrapin Crossroads, how Phil did it, how they got into Grateful Dead music, how they got into uh, the Marin County music scene. All of that uh, was covered by those folks. We later got to speak uh, with Brian Rashup and Angeline Saris. Together. Together. Brian is uh, Phil's bass technician, but he's also the bass player for bands such as The Mother Hips, and such a cool guy yeah and you know we recently learned he was the tiny television bass player i know i love that band (laughs) and you found that out recently i did we're always finding things out that we can actually even share with people that maybe even played with these folks prior that didn't know something about them that there's just so many connections there's so many connections so angeline being one of the baddest ass bass players in marin county and and beyond hands down hands down and the two of them together it was 
cute for one thing. <laughs> and it was also educational because the gearhead thing came out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, also, we did not get a chance to include in this episode uh, folks like Michael Pascal, uh, the other folks from the incubators, uh, Katie Such and Chris. Because there's just, we'd have to have a volume too. Yeah. You know, for sure. and, and we, we made arrangements to speak with Jennifer Hartswick and Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes, who was yeah. uh, who were on hand, uh, and got to hang with them. But, and uh, we got to speak with Nikki later, and that's why she's part of this. Uh, and that's why she's part of it. So, yes, as you were saying, I mean, what I want to say about Terrapin is when it first started, this is my view, when Phil opened it around 2011, he brought in some established musicians in their own rights established and successful folks that were maybe touring on their own parts of bands and and brought them in much like uh i think the idea was to replicate what was happening over in uh shoals uh no she's looking at me no levon helm and the rambles right and the and the rambles that far off (laughs) so uh, you know he brings in people like well john molo on on the drums but uh, who am i thinking warren haynes and jimmy herring and uh adam mcdougald chris robinson right uh, all these folks that as i said were sort of really in their own right doing their thing tim bloom of the mother hips we mentioned them neil cassell so Luther Dickinson was one of those folks. And Luther is someone we spoke with recently on a, in, in a previously released podcast. But we wanted to pull some things out of that where he was really talking about the whole Moran Terrapin thing, because I think it's really important. So let's listen to a couple of clips uh, from Luther here where he's talking about uh, how he got pulled in, how the background, uh, his background, the New Orleans music scene was so helpful to him. And uh, how he relied on Anders Osborne. Don't give it all away. No, I just want to say he, he relied on Anders Osborne. <laughs> I won't give it all away, but yeah, let's let's listen to a okay, few let's uh, do it. thoughts. Okay, sounds great. Funny thing about Anders and I's first time, you know, is I I thought he was a a dead. I thought he knew the whole repertoire because he covered a couple of songs, so right. I assumed that he knew all the the whole thing. So anyway, our first Terrapin gigs with Phil were together. And uh, we fly in, and we drive to the hotel, the Best Western right there. Yep. And uh, and I run over and knock on his door, and I've got my songbook and my pencil. Hey, man, can you show me these songs? And Anders is like, I don't know these songs. I'm like, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he wasn't alone. You got your words on. So we came down the road together. You know, I mean, Jackie Green didn't know the songs. I mean, right. you know. Uh, what a else? teacher. What's that? Phil. Yeah. He brings in the more off-the-beaten-path musician they could find. Yeah. Come on in, and let's do this together and make it new. Yeah. What a teacher. It's working. You got Lebo coming in and doing it. Dude. Dan Lebo. It just goes on Stanley, and on. So, uh, Stanley Jordan? Stanley Jordan. What? Off the hook. Stanley Schofield. Jordan. Yeah. yeah, it goes on and on. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got to get... You know, it just makes me so happy. I learned so much. Because I grew up, long story short, all my brothers, Jimi Hendrix, right. roots music, southern musician. And I had a lot of deadhead friends and i enjoyed all the fruits of the parking lot growing up yep. but i resisted <laughs> the music myself and then uh thank god working for the black crows hanging out with chris cr was all dead all day yeah. all night so it all seeped in all for all those years but then phil man he taught me and graham too you know he's graham had just really started playing with phil the same time i came in right. and and at being a second generation musician he just that relationship warmed my heart to no end and and i'm a huge champion of graham and now he's like the look MD. at him go oh my god look at him go killing it yeah game. he's killing it so 
tonight. The funny thing about coming into the, the dead late in the game is so like Jerry, Hunter, Dylan, and my dad, they're all the same generation. Right. They were pre-rock and roll kids, pre-TV kids, pre-hippies. They were beatniks, right. bohemians ahead. That's right. You know? So all those early pre-rock and roll, early rock and roll influences that Jerry had. You would be at Mississippi John Hurt, Doc Watson, Chuck Berry, you know, Charlie Christian, Django Reinhardt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had all those from my dad. I was studying my dad's repertoire. I learned all that late 40s, early 50s, pre and early rock and roll stuff that that Jerry was learning from his own angle. So as soon as I, and then also, you know, jazz and improv and whatever. So it was fun coming to that because I felt so right at home once I started studying Garcia's, his, where he was coming from on guitar. Yeah. Well, and And Hunter. Tell me. (laughs) I mean, Hunter, I mean. The lyrics. The lyrics. I mean, it's on a par with Dylan. It's like true Americana. And that's why I love everybody, be it Dead and Company or Phil and Friends. Like those songs are going to live on forever. But, but yeah, the New Orleans free-spirited improv, be it Maple, you know, the Maple Leaf or what I learned at the Maple Leaf playing with George Porter and Johnny Vodakovich open to me wide open to play improv with the Black Crows and also with Phil because like back in the day when they were t- schooling me at the Maple Leaf with Porter and Vodakovich, there was no set list and they didn't even want to play songs. <laughs> like it was just two sets of straight improv, you know, and that I'd never done that before. It made me nervous, but they taught me how to roll. And yeah, and now you're kind of the opposite, right? In a sense, I mean, oh, I'm pretty free spirited. Yeah, yeah. I, I read something where you said uh, you guys are uh, what was a stream of consciousness to a fault. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> totally. At one point, we came off stage to Terrapin, and Phil looked at me and was like, "You have the proper type of mind." I was like, "Yeah, yeah that, that the highest compliment, dude." So no, I love this area and and Terrapin, man, like my you know my time at the Best Western, learning <laughs> the material, like wearing <laughs> pencils down, you know, uh-huh. and those transcendent moments or those just like totally humbling train wreck moments, you yeah. know, like whatever, it's all. It's, but it worked. Oh man, yeah, worked. and uh, I'm just so glad to to be back with the community because yeah. that's what it's really. It's, it's the so people, true. you know, it's like a church. It's the people, yes, yeah, the electric so church, like a church. Where have we heard that before? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, it is, it's sort of a common theme, but uh, great uh, little vignettes by Luther Dickinson and sort of sets the stage uh, for the rest of this. And then just uh, the other side of it is you have, we're going to hear from Nikki Bloom and Reed Mathis uh, in just yep. a moment. Some comments they had uh, about Terrapin and their experience and, and what Phil and all of that did for them. And, and the thing for me, this is sort of the other side of the coin. Uh, or the other side of the card, whatever, however you want to put it. But there were the, not only those established folks we talked about, like Luther, but all the young bucks coming in. And I, mean, right. I remember Luther mentioned this in, in the uh, little spot, a little sound bite, thank you, that he said it warmed his heart to see uh, Graham. Uh, playing with Phil. And I remember when I first got to Terrapin and I saw Phil and Brian, you know, uh, right. and, uh, and Graham all playing together. I thought, wow, how cool. How, how cool is this? This must just be the most amazing thing. But from that evolved all these other musicians that have now become, uh, their own independent stars, if you will, or certainly Absolutely. successfully. Uh, I think of not only Graham, but uh, Alec Alex Peck. Alex. Of course. 
Alex Jordan, Jordan. and Alex Coford. The two mm-hmm. Alexes, Ross James, mm-hmm. Craig MacArthur, Danny Luring. Danny Luring, what he's doing over in the paper mill and other places uh, yeah. in Marin County is amazing. He told me recently that it was like going to college right? Uh, when, he, when, he, <laughs> when he got involved there. Lebo, how about, I mean, Lebo, Scott Law, Stu Allen. I know if we're leaving somebody out, we're sorry, but I know, volume leaving, two, we'll, we'll we're definitely, sure to pull We're leaving together. a lot of people out, but it was, and all these folks are out there. And, and let's listen to what both uh, Reed Mathis and Nikki Bloom have to say about this. <laughs> Billy Strings cha- changed my changed my like relationship to music. Terrapin changed my relationship to my job. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like the way they modeled jam sessions and casual jam sessions, but they still fucking paid you. Bill fucking paid you whether anybody came or not, and that just employed a hundred Bay Area musicians for a decade. Phil, you like Phil yeah, I mean, just Phil, Phil just man. decided. To fund the local music scene, basically. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know he lost money on that shit. He had to have. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, we're all, now there's this family of people. I wouldn't know Mitch without there. I wouldn't know Graham. I wouldn't know Stu Allen. I wouldn't know any of these people without, without. Nor would we. Yeah. No, I'm thankful. I've known Jay Lane for 20 years, but I never knew him as a Grateful Dead guy. He was a jazz drummer that that used to play with us, you know? I guess it started when Phil opened Terrapin Crossroads yeah. and um, had had Tim and I as part of the house band uh, that first week that the, the bar was open. And that's kind of what started the inclusion into the Marin music scene. And it felt like camp in a lot of ways because it brought so many people together and so many combinations of people and so much music and material, not just Grateful Dead stuff, but all of our own stuff. And there was just such great cross pollination that was going on and happening. And I feel like we lived through a very special time of music, even just within this group, you know, the Mother Hips and ALO and the Gramblers and Scott coming in on the scene. I mean, I remember when we met Scott at High Sierra, we just like automatically all fell in love with each other. So for me, that was a big motivation of wanting to get back together with this group of musicians is just like the, the history and the, the love and the fun that we have together playing and honoring these songs and trying to sneak in some solos, uh, some uh, original <laughs> stuff too. And always yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. As you should, yeah. as you but, should. But Marin County is, is just home. Uh, whether it's a house that I'm, living in or not not right now uh it feels it'll always feel like home so i think that pretty much gives you an idea of how these folks felt about what phil did and not not just those two that we just heard from but also luther and a myriad of other musicians that you're going to hear from and it's even brought up uh, by john molo and others who you're about to hear from but suffice it to say that the terrapin Crossroads, the Terrapin Nation, we'll just drop the crossroads for a minute. The Terrapin Nation that Phil created is living, it's spread, it's going to go on forever. There's going to be a Sunday daydream, three, four, and mm-hmm. God, you know how many. We're going to have another podcast uh, on this because we could not possibly cover it all. We'll bring in Graham eventually to talk about it and some of the other players we talked about uh, today. But please enjoy uh, our visit with uh, the folks at Terrapin Sunday Daydream number two. Enjoy. John Mola, welcome to uh, Terrapin Sunday, daydream number two. Woo! Uh, man, it's great to be here. I consider myself so fortunate in this musical life and endeavor and this uh, pageantry 
pageantry, isn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, it really is. And lots of familiar faces, so... And we're so happy that you dropped by to inquire about what the hell was going on at this table. Yeah, well, I sort of, you know, I'm not great with faces and names, but I was like, wait a minute, I know these people. Yeah. So I said, there you go. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome also to the Tales from the Green Room podcast. That's yeah. where you are, uh, backstage here at the Terrapin Sunday Daydream number two. And so we told you, hey, would you like to sit down? And instantly you came up with a story. <laughs> sure did, you know, and it involves my longtime friend, Bruce Hornsby. I was in that band, Bruce Hornsby in the Range, and we had finished doing something down down in Hollywood and we felt very just sort of happy with what had happened and I said hey Bruce there's a band down the street playing at the Gaslight Lounge let's go down and hear it so we walked for an AMM A&M studios down there and we go in and there's like eight people there and this band starts playing and they were fantastic and the name of the band was Tool Maynard up front badass drummer I can't remember his name but fantastic and they just killed <laughs> so, all eight like of you. us were slayed and after the second song, Bruce leaned over and said, these guys are going to be huge. <laughs> and I went, yeah, I think you're right, bro. So that was just one of the, you know, great stories that I've been like, just sort of encountered haphazardly. Like I said, the pageant, the parade continues on and you stroll in and hear this band, Tool. It was just incredible. So very lucky in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, and so you've been part of this scene for, gosh, really... I mean, I'll, I'll just take it back to Terrapin, since we're at the Terrapin yeah. uh, reunion of sorts, and that was about 12 years ago. You were a regular there. Tell, tell us about that journey of jumping in with these guys, with uh, Phil, Graham, and everybody else that's here today. Well, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it had a lot to do with the Hornsby brothers. Bruce, of course, we all know him as a piano player, but Bobby was the guy that was the big deadhead. And I remember Bobby said, uh, I said, how many shows have you been to, Bobby? And he goes, oh, 13, which I thought was just an incredible amount of number number of shows to go to so got to hear them at the mosque in maybe 1978 in richmond and i thought they were you know fantastic and that was with bruce and bobby i'd had a chance encounter at american university in 1972 where i strolled into a free concert and they were playing and this is what i thought somebody would say how was the grateful dead i said the grateful dead were okay their audience was amazing <laughs> and someday i would like to be able to play for these people so we flash ahead the 78, Bruce and Bobby are into the dead. They're into the, Bruce is into the songwriting and Bobby gets the music part of it. So through them, I sort of found my way to the Grateful Dead. I was more into jazz and blues and R&B than what they were doing. But I came to appreciate it and I trusted Bruce and Bobby and they just gave me a great introduction to the Grateful Dead's music. So that's sort of how I slipped in. Wow, and boy, did you. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. So 1998, I started working a little bit with Mickey and Planet Drum. And then um, I heard that Jill and Phil were interested in me playing with, with Phil. And I thought, oh, that's great. So I heard they were maybe going to use another drummer. And I called up Jill and I said, Jill, please. Make it me. <laughs> I said, I've earned this spot. I think I, I really feel I'm the right guy. Uh, and don't worry about offending anybody. Just, just pick me. Pick me. <laughs> and hey. she did. And I love Jill and Phil. And our relationship is super intimate. We don't really hang out and party. Or, you know, I mean, we'll go over every once in a while and maybe have a dinner or something or a glass of wine. 
But our intimacy comes from all the gigs that yeah. I've done with Phil and Jill. And now, fortunately, Graham and Brian. Beautiful oh, thing. Yeah. Isn't it great? And yeah. what they're doing to, to carry this on? Yeah. Uh, we saw the two of them on a uh, podcast, another podcast. Like last it, night. It was, it was only not so long ago, and they had to guess the year of a Grateful Dead song. Sure, man. I don't know if you saw it. And the two of them uh, interacting was amazing. Well, Graham gave me a very nice compliment on that. I've heard. Oh, that's um, right. But yeah, we oh, were. Right. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about, you know, with Baracko and. And all of me, we thought it was a great idea to go back and name the keyboard player too. Not right, only the yeah. year, the year you think it is. Yeah. So yeah, the first time I heard them, they, I'm not sure. I think Donna must have been there, and it was Billy Kreutzmann. It was yes. just Billy in '72. Right. Yeah. Well, they kept saying, "Okay, now wait. I only hear one, one drum. Drummer. I only hear one drum." That kind that, of, yeah, you know, that, that's an indicator for that's sure. An indicator. Uh, so, where do you live now, John? I'm in Southern California. I've okay. been there for a while, and. uh also, I'm a part-time Michigander up around Traverse City. Okay, and originally from D.C.? Yeah, I grew up in yeah. D.C., and uh, I guess the best thing about being from D.C. is there's a lot of great musicians there between the Army Band and the Navy Band, Air Force Band. You can find a good guy to teach you French horn or trumpet. And then the other guys, Danny Gatton, Roy Buchanan. You yeah, know, a lot oh, of great well, players. I see. And then D.C., Maryland. I was looking at Barry Celeste walk by over there, right? Isn't he Maryland? Yeah, uh, yeah Barry's, Maryland, Barry's DC, Baltimore. Maryland, uh, Baltimore, and DC now. Yeah, man, you know the the old joke about what's you know. Do you have any advice musically for people, young musicians in Baltimore? Yeah. Move, move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go because there's a great place to grow up, the soulful town, and uh, some great players from there. I mean, the drummer drummer Dennis Chambers is just fantastic, and he's a Baltimore guy and loves it there. Still loves it. But yeah, I'm a Southern California. I became a Westerner in 1980. Bruce Hornsby moved out here with his wife Kathy and uh, Steve Watson, the great session player. All of us kind of moved out in 1980, and my wife loves it, and my daughter loves it, so I ain't going nowhere. I, I see you, though. I mean, you're a SoCal guy now, but I see you as a really integral part of the Marin music scene yeah. as well. Do you feel that? Yeah, I absolutely do, because, you know, Barry sort of uh, got me into the scene, started working. He goes, would you be interested in working with uh, David Nelson? Oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, man. There's Barry. Hey, Barry. 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 Barry, we're talking about you. Hey, man. We're, we're talking about you right now. We're talking about you, you and Nelson. <laughs> Sit down and for so, a second. Down. So, yeah, this mic. Yeah, yeah, that mic's live. And tell me if this is, uh, did I recollect it right? Barry said, uh, yeah, I've got this band, Dave Nelson. You might really dig it. Uh, the songs are really cool. I think you'd be right for it. And they have a lot of great herb. There's some great growers <laughs> in the scene. Play a harvest store. I got one here. There you go. And there we, we go. play a harvest okay. store every year. Okay. They bring these jars. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Count me in. All right. So that was that's all it took? Yeah. So I, I sort of got into the Marin scene that way. And then, you know, it just met more and more people over the, the, the years. And the majority of the work that I do is is in Marin or the Bay Area. Well, that's it. We were, we were asking him, Barry, you know, you guys, the East Coast fellas. I mean, I can't even look at you that way. I feel like you're just integral parts of the Marin. You don't feel, you don't look or feel that way. Barry always looks like he just like has been on vacation for like six months. Every time I see you. Barry, hey, that's not a bad thing. It's Barry, a good thing. Yeah. Barry's looking good always. 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 So always. Barry, since we sat you down here and dragged your ass here, as we all often do, uh, what you're, Tell us the Marin music scene, because we've been doing a lot of sort of side projects about focusing on that. What, do you, what comes to mind when I say Marin music scene? Is it history? Is it right now? Is it all? It's all of that. It's yeah. still going on. I think new memories are being created daily. Yeah. You know, not only just in this scene that's sort of an orbit of the Grateful Dead universe, there's a whole other music scene of, you know, funk and jazz and 
Americana and uh, all sorts of stuff going on in, in the bars. I mean, where I live, Fairfax. Fairfax, shout out, Fairfax. Shoe Gray, I played in one last night with just uh, with three other like local guys that are just like top notch musicians. Right. And do you, do you, well, who were they? Let's give uh, them a shout. John Barnes, yeah. excellent player. Michael Pinkham on John. These guys are really young, you know, like early 30. Right. Yeah, Michael. Michael, yeah. great player, and it's a great hang. You know, you go to Fairfax for me. There's no place in Southern California like Fairfax. I was going to ask. So that. you know, we stop at uh, Sorella's and John Malloy's out in the parking lot, throwing down with some great players. Yeah, last night, last night at Sorella's with uh, Johnny Drone, yeah. California Honey Drop, uh, to play with Wayne Drop, and John Malloy, drums, and up and on bass. And the history. I mean, you guys are part of a long history, too, that preceded you. Yeah. You ever look at that? And Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's a weird one because, you know, you asked me about Southern California. I just feel like uh, maybe maybe I was chosen by the... It's sort of the way it works, I think. Yeah. That you you get picked, so to speak. And certainly with Jill and Phil. Or any gig, basically. Or you ask. Or you can ask. Or you can ask. like, (laughs) Like, or you can please, please, I've earned this. Thank you. But uh, yeah, it's a peerless right. scene. You know, I've got a gig coming up in October in Southern California in Topanga Canyon, and it'll okay. be a lot of fun. But like I said, the majority of the stuff I do is up here, and it just sort of was a good fit for me. You know, yeah. And thank I thank you. Barry. Yeah, Barry. I'm going to thank Barry right now for that. Yeah. Thank you. You guys, yeah. you know, you always talk about yeah. uh, jazz. <laughs> Not you all. You, you both did mention the, sort of the jazz background. How important is that background to playing in this uh, Grateful Dead music scene? Right. Jazz thing's incredibly important to me. I think, um, you know, I can revisit a gig we did. We were going to Red Rocks and it was really late at night and just filled myself and came up. And we listened to John Coltrane. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. We played just wonderfully the next night. Definitely influenced by Train. Oh. But we don't sound anything like that. Uh, the wow. jazz thing and the improv part is very yeah. important, along with a combination of loving good songs. I think it, yeah. That's the thing you have to know. Okay, these songs are great. Yeah. When you look out at the crowd and you see them singing and knowing all the arrangements, and I've said this to Barry, the musicians should know the music more than the audience, or better than the audience. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> right. Talking to the great guitarist back at East, Mike Stern, he said, man, that sounds like a fun gig. I said, it's really fun. The only catch is, Mike, you got to learn like 65 songs. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, right on, guys. Hey, thanks for uh, kicking us off here. Barry, you know you know us. We're going to grab you later, maybe, when you're walking by. <laughs> Everybody brings it, brings you up, so we got to pull you in. Yeah, Don Molo, thanks a lot, oh, brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd love to talk to you more, even. Yeah, like, and thank I, you, uh, thank you, Jill, for saying yes. Yes, thank you, Jill. All right, cheers, <laughs> guys. Dropping names. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Sears, welcome to Tales from the Green Room, and here at Terrapin Sunday Daydream Number Two. Oh, yes, yeah, great to be here. Man. I'm yes, it's a really beautiful place to have a concert. Beautiful place, and uh, you are so much a part. I mean, you have such a history. We don't have time to go into that now. <laughs> yeah, but you, ha- you are. I, I want to talk about your history here in the Marin music yeah. scene. Yeah, uh, tell us about what that's been like and how it sort of started and how it evolved. Well, it, you know, I started out playing in England back in '64. You know, and then I played did some stuff with uh, Rod Stewart and uh, Long John Baldry. Came over here with Long John Baldry Blues Band and bunch of i went back and forth stone ground the first stone ground and i and so when i first came over 
in 69. 69. Yeah, Lee Stevens from Blue Cheer. You know, I'd met him in London and he, he said, come over anytime you, you want. So I came over and, and then we stayed in Venice Beach. We formed a band called Silver Meter. Stayed in Venice Beach for a while. But then I went, went north to uh, San Francisco uh, from Venice Beach. Stayed there three months back in 1969. First time in America. And then, but then I went to Big Sur for a couple of weeks and then on to San Francisco. And that's when I sort of first landed to Marin County. So it's 69. 69 was the wow. first time here. And then, then uh, back and forth with different, different bands, you know, playing with. Uh, you know, were early, all the early Rod Stewart albums, you know, with Maggie May and all that stuff, and um, playing piano on that. I went back, but I sort of graduated, and then met John Cipollina uh -huh. in 1970. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he took me down. He said, well, I, I, I would, I'd, be, I'd become friends with uh, Richard Gossett. Oh, the, from uh, KSAN DJ, DJ. Yeah, DJ uh, yeah. and I used to hang out at uh, at uh, KSAN when they were on Sutter Street. They were on a San Francisco. Roll. This yeah. And um, so in 1970, uh, he said, if you can get, a, he said, he came up with an idea. If you can get some people together, we can do a, an impromptu jam from the record library part of the station. It wasn't a in proper studio? studio, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, John, I talked to John about it, Cipollino, and, and he called Jerry and Bobby up. And Jerry came down and, and Bobby, and, and we did these um, just live impromptu sort of um, jam from from the record library at Kaysan and and some it, there was a bootleg of it out there you know Jerry's playing pedal steel wow. and I'm playing the old upright piano in the corner and but uh and John's playing his guitar and he had his little brother Mario Cipollina yes. who ended up with Huey Lewis um playing bass so so uh, but no drums just uh, Bobby singing silver threads and golden needles and Jerry doing his amazing pedal, pedal steel, steel playing wow. which he was actually sort of insecure about but uh jerry, was. jerry was yeah he didn't think he was that good but his note selection was really really good and uh anyway you can buy my love with money cause i ain't never been that kind silver threads and golden needles cannot mend this heart of mine There's a bootleg out there and you know they got a few facts wrong some of them think it was maybe at pacific high recorders but ksan did that did those broadcasts late a bit about a year later and from the record plant so that's but, in the archive somewhere yeah, it, it's just well it, I'm, uh, there's a there's a recording out there you know but yeah. really rough unfortunately that's all right kind of like this <laughs> yeah true yes well this is it but but you know but anyway that was my first uh, experience with uh, the dead you know and i went off back to england to record on every uh, every picture tells a story with rod and came back with the long john baldry blues band and and uh, you know while we were on the uh, on the road i i talked to jerry from a call box and he he asked me to come back and uh, play on his 
piano on his first solo album, and but I wasn't able to. It's all about time. Too busy. Yeah, well, I was on the road. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I couldn't just. And uh, but I really, really enjoyed enjoyed his playing a lot. We became good friends, and he, he was he, he'd wonder what all this fuss was about, you know, Jerry. Yeah, so well, wouldn't he though? But he would uh, he would like this like to the family atmosphere yeah. oh, tonight. Yeah. He, he would like that. And it really is. Uh, he'd love this festival. He would. Yeah. Well, but, first of all, it's, uh, Pete's talking about a beautiful setting that we're in, in yeah. Stafford Lake. Yeah. And we are in Marin County now, appropriately enough. And so here you are now, 50-some-odd years later, right smack in the middle of, first of all, part of the Marin legacy, but still in the middle of what's going on now and even yeah. passing it down, right? I mean, there's this. the part of this is passing it down with, uh, with Bra- uh, Brian and uh, Graham. Yes, taking the helm. Yes, all good players, and it's, it's wonderful to see see the yeah. new yeah. New our guys photographer, up our photographer over here. Well, she was right here. She said it's grateful alive. She's yeah. like with all these new young you know generation keeping everything alive. Right, it is. So, it's really wonderful to to be here and yeah. be a part of it. On some some old person up there banging away on the bass. You know? <laughs> yes, that's a, some old person. <laughs> we, you know, we had a funny. Uh, we some were, doddering old guy. Oh, let me yeah, tell you, we had just a, point a, me in the direction of the stage and then give me a gentle <laughs> shove. Uh, listen, yeah. it's not a prop. It's yeah. not a prop. That, that uh, thing of yours. In fact, speaking of bass players, uh, Angeline Saris is about to join us. You know Angeline, I'm sure. Okay, She's about to join us as a special guest host. Right. I'm keeping my eye. There she is. I'll as I say up, that. Then. She's pointing yeah. to us. Yeah. We, we figured we're like, okay, right. you, you must so that, be able to ask we'll questions. We can. Then. That was okay. good. To, uh, good timing. So thank you so All much right. for the taking the time. I know you got to go, so that's even yeah. better. And uh, we will see you again very soon. How about California Kind? Tell me about yes. California Kind. Katie, yes. Katie Skeen, what a wonderful player. She's, a, she's got yes. that southern, southern rock, uh, blues, slide guitar. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Uh, yeah, we really, Barry and, and, and I and, and John really enjoy that. And Rob and told Rob us. Rocco, yeah, so Rob told it. us that uh, it was you that had to convince him to come back and do it. Right, and yeah. he did so in a beautifully uh, curated British accent, imitating the phone oh, call. Yeah, 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 we'll have to play that for you. So we'll have that for you. Okay. <laughs> All right, Pete. All right. Thanks, so thanks much. guys. All, All right. the best. Yeah. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you so Bye. much. Bye. All right. Have fun. Tales from the green room. Tales from the green room. <laughs> Welcome to. Well, I can't welcome you because you already played here. Yeah. And Sunshine, uh, yeah. excuse me, Sunday Daydream. It's a great. <laughs> I mean, tell me, your band, Moon Alice, sort of the, the later stages of your career. No, I, I moved to Los Angeles in 1964 from Mississippi and immediately became working on being a hippie. It's something yeah. that you know, you're not necessarily born with. No, it's, it's nothing. You got to. Work on it and own it. Something you have to own. And you did. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Did that, did that include long hair? Afros? Did... Yeah, yeah. They didn't do afros then, but they no, did the uh, way before. Yeah. Unless, in, you know, if you look back in the days of Africa, afros were always there. And, and um, tell me about the, uh, the, the world of African-American hippies. Uh, well... Does it doesn't matter. Is that it doesn't matter. Does, no, if he is a hippie. Hippie's a hippie. Hippie's a hippie. hippie. And yeah, if yeah. you're a hippie, you're... matter what you are. It doesn't matter what you are. you are. And we all mean the same thing. I, I say we because I am. What does that mean to you? Being a hippie, knowing who I am, number one, and having faith and confidence in a lot of people and just, you know... In general, in general, being free, 
in the mind. Free in the mind. And kind. And kind. Black. And I like that. Completely full of love. I just saw uh, an old interview clip. Jerry Garcia. The, the interviewer said, okay, I have nothing else to say. Did you want to add something? And he just said, could you all be kind to each other, please? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Right, that's that's great. Jerry. Yeah, yeah. So you, you did you meet and play with or was the relationship with Jerry? Well, we were hello friends, you know, we spoke to each other if we met and uh spent a minute and whatever. But we were not hangout buddies of that kind because they were always gone at the same time we were gone. Right. Well, you had the privilege of knowing each other. We knew each other very well. Okay, so the background of that is being involved with Grateful Dead saying you're a hippie. That's, yeah, that's well. Foundation. But how does it evolve? You know, I know that's a big question. It evolved today, but here we are celebrating really the whole Terrapin Nation. You feel that. Right. You guys are a big part of that. With Perry Slash and Pete Sears. Mookie and Great yeah. Man, uh, and of course, Roger. Roger, of course. Yeah, all kind of county guys. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's uh, how did that happen? Is you know, technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, blame it on technology, or <laughs> <laughs> Zoom, but uh, uh, the internet for sure. Huh? Well, you know, uh, and and of course, smartphone. Say that again. Smartphone. Smartphone, right. Yeah. Because right, they're all walking around with computers. Yeah. Communicate. Bring them on and back. Bring them on over. That's my son. That's your son. Is your son? That's my son. Oh, very nice. That's the baby of my production. Yeah. Why don't we turn this mic? You want to sit down with this? Sure. Yeah, beautiful. We were talking to your dad about how he ends up at this celebration, you know, through Moon Alice. From the Chambers Brothers to the Grateful Dead experience. Big question, right? And his answer was, well, I was a hippie before Jerry Garcia was born. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> the original hippie that from Mississippi. Right? <laughs> from Mississippi. So that's where we kind of got it, right? I love that. And you guys, um, and then we were talking about the band, the Marin County guys, Barry Sless and Mookie Siegel, Roger McNamee, who am I missing? Pete uh, Sears. Pete Sears, yeah. <laughs> and so t tell us about the, you know, either one of you, the, sort of that the Marin music scene. What does that mean to you when I say the Marin music scene? Got its own flavor and taste. It's psychedelic with a little bit of Americana, a blend that uh, is warming and uh, appealing to a lot of, a lot of people. So, yeah. And a lot of kind-hearted, beautiful people that are in the in the scene. So yeah, I mean that is. We talk about that every every day. Like, and every time we're at work, we're like, we we have yet to meet people we don't like, right? which is yeah, you know, not. <laughs> you it's not easy in the music people. industry, right? That's right, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and the other thing is, we talk a lot about is passing down the the spirit of not just the music but this community and you guys are a real big part of that i think you thank know? you and i also think it's very evident you know your dad and you right i mean passing it down and you're gonna you're gonna carry this on one way or another i was born a rock and roll you're born a rock and roller yeah, yeah. yeah. so um he's been on stage with me since he was four years old four years old Oh, since that's he, all right. He's been on yeah, stage like with me since he was four years old. <laughs> four old. years old. Yeah. You'll yeah. always be four years old to him. To him. Yeah. I will. You that's will. right. How old are you now? Can I ask I'm that? 38. 38. Young man. Very young. He's a young boy. man. 
Don't you think? Yeah, you yeah. both are. You both are. Yeah, we all, we all are young. Yeah. Oh, I'm as young as he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, that's he's only 83. He's just me in reverse, right? Yeah, so there, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> that's good. So, what uh, kind of music are you? What are you doing outside of being at festivals or being someplace like this with your dad? Making music any way I can. Just you know, trying to get famous. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a project of my own called Midnight Transit, and we've uh, put out four singles off of our upcoming album. It's right. getting pretty decent traction on Spotify, which is, you know, all foreign to me now. It's like not easy to do. No, it's not. And it's a whole new world, right? Where it's like, you used to be go play a show, get your music on a radio station or something like that. And now it's like TikTok and Spotify and right. getting your music played on, on, on social media apps, right? Which yeah. is exactly. it's crazy. And so how do you do that? I mean, uh, you have to have a marketing plan, huh? Is that it? Or yeah, what's, I'm, yeah. I'm my, myself, just yeah. what I've it. learned through my life experiences and then just like, you know, extensive video watching and extensive listening to other people of what they do and how they, like, you know, how to work smarter to get their, their selves heard, you know, cause yeah. And so how, how no one's going to promote you better than yourself. No, right. That's right. You know? What kind of music is, is Midnight Transit? Rock and more like higher energy rock and roll, you know, a mix of old and young, you know, oh, old yeah, and new kind right. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, sounds, you know, it, it's not really one specific sound. We, you know, we've got some, some longer rocking songs and some three minute, you know, bop and pop songs. So nice. Fantastic. All right. Well, well what do you think of that? Plug there. What do you think of his music? I love it. Yeah, I knew he was going to say that. I think that. it's the greatest. <laughs> I, he's on one of our songs, too, so that's cool. Yeah. I mean, the influence is obvious, right? Right. I mean, you can't escape it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just like they just, Graham Lesh was up there and he had, a, he, uh, impromptu, they asked him to play bass and, uh, somebody said it's in his blood. <laughs> so uh, I guess so, right? It literally is, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know. So what, what, um, where do you guys have a area like a geographical area as far as your live shows that you're focusing on or do you do, you, do you travel around moon alice we're trying to play as many places as we can mostly it's it's california bayish area after the pandemic you know getting back out there and making it worth it for you know the elders in the group to go play uh, you know another location but this is this is the jam right here this playing, is it yeah playing right? these kind of festivals yeah. and less work for the whole band to do and being yeah. able to play in front of a huge amount of people that you know are super excited to hear us so and like-minded 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 people, people right you know yeah. where do you guys live we live in petaluma oh man all right ah. that's cool yeah. yeah so this is just a hop skip and a jump yeah, today is, this is I like one of <laughs> this like is like one of our closest shows we've done in a while right yeah. it's like a 20 minute drive yeah normally we're driving an hour two hours to get to a gig you know and it's like this is sweet right around it was early in the morning when we got up you know yeah but yeah to a, to a musician right yeah i gotta tell you i thought it was a pretty good crowd for uh the first were you the opener uh, we were the opener yeah. the opener today like noon yeah. uh, uh on a sunday and it was a pretty good crowd came out came out early great so crowd. Thing. i thought it, i thought it was great yeah and let, let me ask you shift a little bit because i mean you guys play did you guys play at terrapin uh, as moon alice or yeah we played like three times at three times three yeah. times yeah. In indoors or out we played indoors right before the pandemic hit that was our last show before the pandemic hit it was january 2020 right and then we played outside i think two either two twice. or three times twice, twice. okay so all those people that were at those shows, I'll bet they're all here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no yeah, question. I'm seeing a lot of faces that I saw 
at the other do, place. Do you really recognize the same faces? Yeah. Really? Oh, when you're after out there? all these years, you know, you look. Some of the cats that come to see us are like I in every show. It. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you do have a pretty good following. following yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. But I always wonder that. I wonder what the musicians on stage, I mean, you're concentrating on your music. How much are you checking out the crowd? All the time. Yeah. All the time. You want to make sure people are vibing into it. I, I'm an energetic person. I'm jumping around, hooping and hollering, dancing on stage, like sweating like crazy, burning a lot of energy. And I want to see people li liking that too, right? Because yeah. it's like if I wanted totally. to play to a sit-down audience that was very conservative, I'd be in a whole different genre of music. That's and it, right. And it, and it, and it, if people aren't up vibing and getting into it, you're like, what's wrong? Why are you guys not into the music? What's like? It affects you. Huh? It does. Yeah. yeah. It, it affects makes, you. If you f you feel you feed yeah. off of them. If their sure. if, if their energy is matching your energy, you're like, oh, well, let's go to the next level. You know. And and I if, if this is my opinion. It's not necessarily my opinion, but what I hear and a little bit of my opinion, but. The, the crowd is just part of the whole Dynamic. music. I mean, you got the, and this is the Bob Weir thing, right? The, 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 the band is here, the audience is there, and the music sits somewhere in between, yeah. right? Sit so it's all float, float between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob calls the music the critter. Between the two. Yeah. Oh, and uh, to me, them out there is as important as we are up there. Yeah, that's true. Because if, if there, there's no one in the audience, what are we doing? We're playing yeah. for nobody, right? <laughs> right? That's right. And those aren't fun shows, right? When you go to play yeah. some small place or, uh, right. you, you know, you, you assume like, oh, there's going to be a ton of people there and promo no promotion was done for the event. And you're like playing in front of 20 people. Now those 20 people are really into it. That's yeah. going to be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> but if there's just 20 people that are kind of like your background noise to them, it's just like, oh, or about a hundred people that aren't into it. You'd rather have 20, I'd rather into have 20 it. that are into right? it than a hundred that aren't into it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Me too. Yeah. I know I I've played shows before with other performers and artists and stuff where if there's people like talking in between when we're like, you know, done doing our set or doing our, a, a, a song and there's like somebody who's like, you're like, they're, they're, you're, they're oblivious to you and they're just in their own conversation. I will physically, be, or, or, you know, on the mic be like, hey, the F out of here. If you want to have a conversation, go talk somewhere else. Don't yeah. ruin everybody else's experience and don't take my mind right. away from looking at you having a conversation while you're supposed to be yeah. here yeah, don't enjoying take the music. Up here. You yeah, better be yeah. careful. They might make a, a t-shirt about that. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> well, let's go, let me go Bob into Weir. that because our, our podcast really originated from Sweetwater Music Hall. Right on. So yeah. uh, Tammy is saying is uh, referencing the STFU <laughs> t-shirt that Bob Sh Weir... Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up t-shirt, right? And uh, For real though, right? Like I, I, I kind of appreciate yeah. performers who are like that. We're like, you paid to come see this show it's be here to experience it and don't ruin everybody else's experience yeah, that's you, know? Right. Uh, you know part of it is there's a lot of sophisticated listeners out there that yeah. want to enjoy the music yeah. and you ruin it for them there's a whole whole mixture of people in every audience uh, yeah yeah, yeah. All, from all different places yeah that come to here but they like the same thing because they're at the same place that's it yeah so everybody should know to respect everybody there. Yeah. yeah. Respect. respect. All about respect. All, about, All about respect. Speaking of Sweetwater, what uh, what are your experiences there? We talked about Terrapin a bit. Uh, that yeah. place, 50 years, uh, celebrating 50 years as a... Um, my, my brothers and I played Sweetwater over and over. The old Sweetwater, before they moved to where they are. We never played this new location except with Moon Alice, my, my son and I. No, we've played. We've played the new location. You've you've a couple of times. You were you were my brothers gotcha. and I never played. Like, yeah, the yeah. Old, yeah, the Chambers the brothers. brothers. Yeah, okay. but I think it's a great place. Yeah, great sound. Great people come there. Every time I've been there, I've had the 
greatest time. Yeah, and get- met great people. Great people. What about the the uh, the old one? Get, tell us some of those. Yeah, there experiences. must be some green room moments. <laughs> we used to, we used to rock that place. You could fill a whole building rocking. <laughs> the green room was downstairs yeah, at that place, right? Yeah, yeah. We Jeannie used to, Patterson. We used to blow it up, man. Right. We looked forward to coming to Sweetwater over and over again yeah there was a certain i mean we talk to musicians now that have never played there and they're like wow i'm playing at sweetwater you know when they come in so yeah i played Sweetwater a couple times with other projects yeah but, but, along with moon alice yeah midnight transit played there gosh i want to say five years ago but my time yeah the pandemic yes. screwed everything up oh, it was sure. like seven or eight years ago or something like that yeah. you know i can't remember who we opened up for but it's great great um good feels yeah. good to play there yeah. you feel like nice stage nice yeah. level to connect with the audience nice sound you know enough space to kind of get a little weird on stage you know yeah yeah and we've heard uh it's kind of like the music in general the the audiences are forgiving too they let you kind of give you a little leeway yeah is that true yeah yeah, yeah. No. They're uh, positive people in Mill yeah. Valley. Yeah. So right on. Yeah. Well, we're so glad to have a moment or two with you here just now. Thank you for uh, you know, sneaking over here. Rock and roll. That's how we do it. Yeah. Pull your time over. And rock and roll. Yeah. So nice and you guys are hanging. Out. Oh, you gonna play some more? You gonna jump on stage later or what's uh, going on? I think we're. That yeah, was it for us for the day. Yeah. Okay. Gonna go home and get you know relaxed and yeah. cook something up for for Lester. He's got a very uh, specialized diet. So yeah. All right. You know, yeah. mostly it's like well, no salt and butter is essentially it, yeah. right? Well, I, he told me this was not his beer. So uh, that is not his yeah, beer. Okay. So no, I, no. <laughs> well, let's, if he don't bring it to me, I, if he don't bring it to me, I, I can't need drink it. it. Yeah. Right. I don't eat it. I drink it. All right. That's good, Lester. Man, what a pleasure. What I a know. pleasure. What so a pleasure. Nice. Absolutely. Thank you for stopping yeah, over with yeah. us. Yeah. Have a wonderful and time. Let me tell you. Um, we'll, we'll plug your yeah, yeah, please do. The thing, is, the thing is, you're still here late in the day. You played at noon. You guys are hanging. That says a lot, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about the, the family and the vibe and the, and the crowd. Well, I hope we're family after all these years. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are family. But I'm talking about, you know, this whole Terrapin family and the dead, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah so. And we're happy to be part of it for whatever little yeah, part we play in it as I, well. I know some of these people that's been on and going on this stage 40, 50 years. Wow. Crazy. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And that might include Mr. Lesh, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, let me tell you this story. Oh, please tell us a story. About Alaska. A tale. Yes. We, we were just in Alaska. And we the first the first date we're getting ready to play. And we're walking across from the park from the car to the to the to, to the green room. And this guy jumped up in front of me and says, Hey Lester, you played here I, I saw you here forty years ago. <laughs> and you said, I remember <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I, I was stunned. To be honest, I was stunned. I'm going, oh my God, what am I? I'm back here again. Yeah. Wow. 40 years later, and I'm singing the same you're song. Singing again. I mean, I'm that, singing the same song. <laughs> that had to be sort of a rewarding. You know, it was. Yeah. And you know, I'm going, what could I do? It, it was just beautiful. A lot oh, of gratitude, wow. right? It was, yeah. Yeah, a lot of gratitude. And to think that somebody saw, he was young too then. I was young the first time I went to Alaska. I thought I hadn't been to Alaska in the daytime, but I had. Because <laughs> he saw me at the same place we were playing. And as we were walking up to the place, I'm going, I remember this. I remember that. You know? <laughs> uh, and, uh, the same on the ferry ride. We're going from one island to the uh, to the next, and I'm going, 
I've been here before, <laughs> you know. The You're mind right? is still sharp, yeah. Lester. <laughs> right? That it is. The music Thank is the medicine, the man. That keeps oh, medicine. Yeah. music and heals. heals. Yeah, music heals. I always, I love when people say that because I am the uh, president of Music Heals International, which is the, the Sarah Wasserman's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. organization. We teach music, music programs to kids in Haiti and to India and now Venezuela. And there's no doubt. Music heals. Absolutely. And thank you guys for being We're part pleasure. of the healing process. So We're glad to be able to yeah. do it. Yeah. Right on. All right, you guys. Enjoy. Rock go. and roll. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much, y'all. Yeah. Thank you very right on, much. Thank you. Right Have the rest of a great day. Brian Rasha. Yes. Angeline Saras. Hello. Amazing Hello. bass players. Amazing bass That's player. right. I was just going to say, why don't you bass players just start rapping and we'll sit here and talk. Yeah. But welcome to both of you. Tales from the Green Room. Welcome, is welcome. Very happy to have you. We're happy to have you here in Marin County, yeah. down the road a piece, Brian. And um, we're really just pleased to be here at the uh, uh, Sunday Daydream Volume 2 with Terrapin. And, you know, sort of celebrating the... The, at what time was the uh, epicenter of the Marin County music scene? The uh, clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, the clubhouse. Oh my gosh. I miss it. And so I, I miss you it so too. I, I, to talk about that. I mean, that those those eleven years or however many years it was, it seemed like like that. When did you first uh, get pulled into it, Brian? Uh, you know, I got pulled into it. Some friends uh, that were at that time, I think they were called Ar Acacia. Yeah. They were playing, and D Eric Debar, um, their bass player, couldn't make it. And I knew Craig uh, MacArthur from something, and, and they asked me to to fill in. Right. And so it was it was fun just to get in there on like my first experience there was what Terrapin was all about, which was like, hey, check it out. This is a fire pit. There's a fire going on. Jump in there. Yeah. Do what do it. Just get in Just there. Just do it. We'll figure it out. And and from there, I think I, I got hired a couple times by Ross to do some shows. And again, it was showing up and there's like, all right, this it's in G and um, uh, you'll figure it out. And then as the song's getting counted out, uh, it's uh oh yeah, and there's a bridge section. And right. we're gonna go into ninety two four time. And yeah. like, I don't I don't do math. Yeah. So that was kind of my experience, and then it would. It, but it know, works somehow. It worked. It, it, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It, 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 it's a good lesson in getting over yourself yeah. and getting over yeah. what is going to be your hang-up. And, and, man, it's music. It's life. It's breathing. That's what right. happens. I don't know how my next breath is going to come. Maybe I choke on a chip or something, right. and i got to work through it to get that air right yeah same thing with playing a song that you don't know and so. they allowed you to do it they made you do it and allowed they you allow to do you it. and they made you to do it and yeah. you know uh, in our position we're not allowed to miss that beat one right. i was just gonna say that we can't stumble in after the one went and hear the change we got to be in on the one and it's, if we're yeah, not it's, it's on us not yeah. to like i mean you know <laughs> but i mean yeah. i've watched uh, angeline as she's learned the grateful dead music really the last what three yeah. years or so two or three maybe or a little more than that maybe yeah. more whatever yeah. but and more oh, yeah. and more and in, in speaking with you you're very serious about trying to be prepared for it and then you get up there and I don't know what happens. Tell me, tell me about that whole experience. Well, just exactly like what you were saying right here, which is that I am a total preparer. So for me to go into a situation right. and be, or get the set list the night before or no set list at all, which Stu, you know, Stu was one of the people that called me a lot in the beginning. <laughs> and 
I just would show up and he'd hold up numbers. Okay, one chord, five chord, six chord, and then, okay, cool, I got the verse, I can breathe. Oh, here comes the bridge. Like you said, yep. like, what are we doing? Turn yeah. down, six, five, and like, so I'm literally learning songs as we're on the spot. On and, the spot, yeah. And I think it was really, for me, a very terrifying thing in the beginning, but it actually taught me a lot about music, which is that it's a very humbling experience. It's really mm-hmm. just about the music, about showing up in the safe space, which Terrapin created, I think, for... Yeah both musicians and also just this community like you're part of the community and it's a I there's think it's no judgment thing. no yeah. ju- no no and, judgment and, and a train wreck isn't bad yeah. it's not a bad thing to have a train wreck it means that like real stuff is happening in that moment yeah we don't know that it's gonna happen yeah. like, how many times do i try to start singing a song and i'm like that's not a key known to this universe that i'm singing in but i don't even know where or how i would know how to start right. singing at that point so oh yeah, yeah. wow it was that- fire how I mean, how long have you played bass or been a musician? For me, I started when I was 15. Okay, so you started when you were 15, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, say with me, okay. bass was like 14. Yep. And it took me until uh, 2011 or whenever the Terrapin stuff for me started to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, this is like, I was, whatever I was doing before, is it was not what I need to do now. Yeah. And now it is. I need to be like sure-footed and I need to be ready. And strong and wrong is right, man. I mean, like, like that, you can hit a bad note. Yeah. But if you hit it, hit it with a Mike Tyson hit, like yeah. as hard as you can. Right. Because you have to be that confident as a bass player, I think, in those settings. Yeah, you do. And I think also being willing to adjust, not willing, being ready to adjust on the spot where you're like, ready, oh, yeah. okay, so maybe that wasn't the right thing, but now how can, maybe that's the catalyst for the music spinning off into this whole other direction if yeah. people are present and listening and willing to move with it, which I think is one of the beautiful things about this music, yep. about this, you know, about the dead, about Terrapin, about yep. what happens. Yeah. No, well, that's what I was right before they came up. That's what I was about ready to ask you, mm-hmm. because it seems that everyone who hasn't been into the dead music and then they start playing it. I mean, even John Mayer, right? That you know, they start talking about that magic kind of how, you know, you're not even really sure how that happened, or you have to go back and listen to it again. So I was wondering if you felt that since you started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a teenagers and they, and they run cross country and, and, uh, they did a running camp and we were talking about, uh, like performance anxiety and stuff. And I, I don't remember where I heard it or read it or saw it. It was probably on some Facebook thing or whatnot, wasting time. But it was this thing where like performance anxiety or like the jitters or, or nervous butterflies is like. It's your body not getting in contact or in tune with your brain. Right. Both parts of you want to do something and need to do something uh, exceptional or, or, or extraordinary or whatever it is. And that weirdness, that shake or whatever, is just stuff trying to get in line. Yeah, tuning. And, yeah, and if you can like focus on that and go, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Right. Then you're, you are, you're ready for anything. Yeah. But I think like with Terrapin and the clubhouse, and I, and I remember this with watching you, is that there's- <laughs> She's embarrassed. No, no, there's, there's, there's all these these patrons or, or fan or concert goers. They're not fans, they don't, I mean, for me personally, they don't, yeah. nobody knew or knows who I am. But when this started happening, you notice that here we are on this, this stage, and there are people around us everywhere and it's like 
the, the like the, the netting on like a trampoline. Mm. Trampoline's a very dangerous toy, right? Yeah. Music in the wrong hands is a very dangerous toy. But here we've got this trampoline netting, which is all these 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 concert goers around you, this far you know a yeah. foot away from you, and they're cheering and they're hearing all your your little you know yeah. bad notes or whatnot and your good notes and they're like just like you're doing it. And it's so positive to like have that that yeah. everything else kind of for me fell to the wayside. I don't know what your experience with that was, but I remember watching you and seeing all these people that were so into what was happening like on the stage. So I love that analogy, the like safety net around the trampoline yeah. being the people and like, you know, the love for the music and like I that's just that's really well said. Couldn't say it better. That's yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's uh I just feel stoked to be a part of that or have been a part of that and that this is happening now and we're still a part of it and there's a ton of people just hanging out everybody Terrapin Crossroads it doesn't exist that's cool the Terrapin Nation is strong yeah. and it's happening and this is it and it's like you know what? It's not that we lost the clubhouse. We just kind of outgrew the clubhouse. There you go. I like that. We turned the tree yeah. into something else. You know? I like that. And and, uh, it, and I think part of it, what they're doing here too is passing it down, right? Because a lot of that's going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we start way back with the dad when they started. We just talked to Pete Sears. Oh yeah. Who? Uh, that's 19... my spirit animal. Exactly. By the way. <laughs> oh my God. Pete Sears. I said, so tell me about the Marin music scene. How you got started? You know. 1969. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and yeah. he, you know, and that he's been in this since '69. Yeah. In and around Marin, told us about playing at KSAN, the radio station that was huge back in the day here in yeah. San Francisco, with uh, Jerry playing pedal steel and Bob doing vocals in the studio. It's right. He's just, so that was my introduction to uh, Marin County and San Francisco, the dead. So here we are, and I think what back to that. I think what Phil is doing and Jill. They're passing this down to their kids, you know, and they've already started oh, yeah. that. And, and now, great stewards yeah, for yes. it. You great know? stewards. And young, young bands even following them because they're not so young anymore either in yeah. their late 30s. Yeah. 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 Grateful Alive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's where we're going. We're going with great, right? Grateful Alive. Yeah. What about now, Angeline? What are you up to? Uh, in, because you've been in Marin and you live in Marin, but you're, you're beyond Marin as well. So tell us, tell me a little about... What you're doing outside? Can you hear me? The uh, the Marin, Marin County music scene is kind of your home, Aww. but you've done such a wonderful job branching out and doing everything. Tell us a little about what's going on with you. Well, I mean, as you know, I just got off the Celebration of Bowie tour with Todd Rundgren and Adrian Blue and Angelo Moore. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan just dropped the mic, even though you're supposed that's, to drop the mic when you're talking. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so rad. That's that was, so rad. That was a special experience. Getting to stand behind Adrian Blue every night and like hear oh my God. him. And he's just so joyful. So it He's was, so uh, joyful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the last person up every night on the bus telling stories, too. So that was special. But, Did they uh, enjoy your, like, your, because you're a gearhead. I think of you as a gearhead. Head. And some of those Instagram posts, like when you're talking about the amp, and like, they must love her. Oh, the big rundowns. Yeah. Well, you know, love I think it. for, I don't know if it's like two people or ten people or how many people really love that, but there are bass players out there who like are, you know, I'm like, what are you it. playing? Are you playing a P? What year is it? Are you playing a J? Why do you bring a P over a J? Right. Like, oh, do you, play, do you not play a Fender? You have double humbuckers? Okay, like, you right. know, like, Oh, no, it's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's why I do this. Like, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think there's a, you know, for there's definitely 
a constituent of people out there that love the gear part of it. So. Yeah, yeah. And you have a new bass, right? Uh, I do, actually. Yes, I do. I actually have a couple new basses. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Things. I have a fretless, yeah. uh, a new Fender fretless okay. um, with a rosewood fretboard. It's in like Dark Knight, and a jazz bass, and yeah, yeah. it's just, it's really cool. Uh, nice. And then I have a P bass that's like a reissue. So, oh, cool. uh, right. yeah. What do you play? Uh, I, like, primarily I'm playing a, a 1960 P bass. I knew it! I knew it! And, and, <laughs> and I love it, and it's so bizarre because... Like it's hand, they're like handmade and chiseled and stuff, and it's weird. Kind of, there's some quirkiness to it that it's like I, I want to meet the person that made it and just be like, yeah. you know, which they'd be like, you're an idiot, get out of here. But like, why did? How come you made the heel this way? Why did you? And this is different than other P bases, so that's my primarily primary one. And then probably my favorite one is like a Lakeland hollow body. Oh. Really? I've had for a really long time that. Uh, uh, Lakeland, you said? What's that? Lakeland? Lakeland, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Brad Hauser had uh -huh. uh, Miss Rest of Soul. He had a gold one. I think it was fretless, and I played it at, at a show. I was just like, I need to find something like this. And I found one, and it was like. So that's probably my favorite, though. I don't know if I've seen a Lakeland hollow body. Like, uh, I love Lakelands, but I don't know. I will. Yeah. I will bring it the next time. <laughs> do you think that there's like speaking Mandarin or? Yeah. Uh, oh, is there something going on there? Uh, yeah. yeah. No. So I was gonna. I, what I was thinking though, Brian I'm just, was like nodding, pretending Brian, like I know. Brian had the privilege of uh, playing in the, with uh, the Andy Logan uh, benefit, the Grateful Guitars. Oh yeah. What, what yeah. was that like? Did you pick up any uh, instruments that uh, from there, or were you just with your own gear? Well, yeah. So like, besides playing, like my. My other, my other main gig is I'm Phil's production manager oh, okay, and bass cool. tech and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I've gotten to play like some of his stuff. I had Big Brown at the house for a little while, which wow. when it was getting fixed at Lembeck, which is incredible, and that's a whole other podcast. But uh, yeah, at, at the Grateful uh, Guitars show, I played uh, Phil's old Mission Control Osiris, which they've completely uh, refurbished and brought back to its glory. Um, played great. Uh, it's a, it, it's a, it's interesting, man. It's did a, it take, it's a, take you over yeah. at any point? Oh, I'm not. Uh, it it did. I think it. I, well, there's a a theory, and you chime in on this, but I, I feel like an instrument you can only play it as much as you as you play. You have to let it tell you how yeah. it needs to be played. Yeah. Um, and so with that bass, I, I maybe did like six or seven songs and I got, I finally got like song five or six where it was like, all right, cool, you're relaxing a little bit. So this is what I want you to do. I think you should go back to playing with a pick because I would like drop the pick and just play with my fingers because that's yeah. what I usually do. Phil never did, so it was, it's something that was a little weird. But yeah, it was, it was cool. I don't know. And then his, <laughs> his Irwin modulus that I've played before, which... I battled for a whole set once in the bar, and then finally second set, I was like, oh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> All right, I'm listening. I'm sorry. Right. Which, But again, goes back to that safe space. Yeah. We're, all the, we're all in the trust circle yeah. here. Like, you don't know what you're doing for half of the show in right. that bar, and then finally you I figure it out. Yeah, the crowd does so not funny. know or feel any kind of it. Uh, we'll strike this conversation. Yeah, yeah no, I'm like, excited. Yeah. No, it's totally you know. what you were saying, because I think some people do, but you guys, I mean, you make it work, okay? And so you have little errors that you hear in your head, but it's a, it's all beautiful to well, the crowd. Well, with that, it's like not even errors. It's just like if you picked up a flamenco guitar mm. and tried to play 
death clock on it, <laughs> it wouldn't really work nice out choice. in your favor, you know, yeah. like, yeah. so I don't know if you've experienced that too when you pick up an instrument or... Actually, I think it's a beautiful thing. You pick it up and you're like, oh, I suddenly want to play more of this style on it. Yeah. Or like, it just wants, it's asked, like you said, it's asking me to do this thing. Yeah. And then other things you're like, and then like, if you try and force it. You're like, it's oh, a, this sounds, you're, gonna, you're gonna have a yeah, bad time. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, absolutely. And that's yeah. kind of the beauty of an instrument, too. Yeah. You know, where you're like, oh, this, every instrument has a soul. You have the mic. Yeah. I have the mic. Oh, oh great. Oh, my has the mic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is new. Uh, okay, so um, Grateful Guitars. Uh -huh. Was there a, a moment or a special time or one set or one song that you really felt like was gelling beyond? All the others? For me personally? Yeah. I, yes. When I, my, getting into the Grateful Dead in high school, or, or my high school was 7 through 12, so could have been junior high, uh, a friend gave me some tape, and it was cool, and I dug it. I, you know, I think when you're 13, it's more like, this is the counterculture or whatever. But when I heard one from the vault, that kind of blew my mind because of the intimacy of the recording and and not really knowing any of the lore right and so on that there's the music never stopped and that was a song for me that like they were grooving they there was a pocket Phil stuck a line like a few times um, and it's when it goes to the like the a kind of minor section but <laughs> He stuck this line that was just, uh, just beautiful, groovy, ballsy, sexy. It was everything I think you want in a baseline. And so, fast forward to like 2004, playing a great American and being like that oh shit moment of like, oh shit, this is where one from the vault came. Right. This is they did that here. This is this stage. Um, somehow that song and that venue stuck. And so when when. Uh, they asked me to play. I was like, cool, all right, I want to do this song, and I don't care what else it was. Yeah. And it, it was, it was, yeah, it was a moment. It was yeah. definitely a moment. <laughs> let, let, let me tell yeah. you something about that moment, because the person that asked that question, I don't know if you were uh, trying to get him to a answer it that way, but she has a video from side stage oh. of that night, uh -oh. of that song. Okay. Oh, and with, with, with Alex Jordan and Garrett on uh, lead guitar and you Incredible guitar and it yeah. was I mean I, I ran downstairs and I said uh, you know Tammy come yeah. and see this and you caught all this oh that that was the moment like that moment no that moment it all was alive and I just oh really oh, oh she, yeah. had, she captured not even, it yeah I, 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 I captured it because wow okay you it's really cool. and Alex yeah and Garrett yeah and it was Elliot. also Elliot and I don't who that that was who was on stage. Goob, Scott yeah, I think Gooberman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and Brad that, and maybe uh, uh, Jeremy on drums there's, or. There's moments that yeah. uh, because of those guitars, I look over at Andy sometimes, yeah. and I know <laughs> when he knows that it's all singing through in a way oh, that's yeah. transcendent. Uh, yeah. And it was really that moment. So I do have that wow. on uh, side stage captured. And, be, and that's video. Yeah, yeah. Okay. a video clip. <laughs> That's a little bit. We'll do the commentary on that. I'll just <laughs> no, 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 no,
really was the highlight of the night for oh, me wow. too. Oh, that's awesome! Right, yeah. and I it didn't so that he knew yeah. when I was asking the question. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize. That's really yeah, funny. so there you have Well, they listen, you two, man, uh, let's not discount the fact that he's kind of glossed over it. I'm a Phil's base technician. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, know, I'm sorry, no. but that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, didn't know that. that that's he's a, my buddy. That's a thing, right? And so you probably have a word for him okay. here uh, today. Uh, tell, yeah, both I of you. do, but I'd probably, like, tear up and, like, ruin oh. it. We have napkins. Oh. He's, a, he's a sweetheart, and I don't, I don't know... Um, yeah, man, I don't know how how this, you know, I don't know how this happened. Like, yeah. he's a cool, he's great. I, I think what people probably don't understand is that, like, people, we're just all, like, gear junkies. We all just want to talk about gear. We yeah. all want to play a new <laughs> instrument. So, like, whatever I've stolen from Phil in my playing or my, my, my equipment, it's like done a circle now and like he's like using things that I've brought into the mix and he's like that's gotta be cool it's pretty rad because it it brings everybody to that same level everybody's stoked when they like put on a new pair of shoes you know like everybody like wants I don't know way to put it so but for him and the whole family it's it's love and, and I'm so happy to be here and and so happy you, know. you sat down with us. And now I get to ask you that question. Uh, a message to, to Phil Lesh, bass player to bass player. Ma- your message, your words for Phil Lesh, uh, having invited you into the Terrapin. And you're here today. And jo- uh, co-host, uh, Angeline's our co-host. She doesn't know it today. Yes. She does know She doesn't it, realize she's going to be She doesn't realize that we pulled her in as a co-host. And it was planned. Any any words from Phil or comments? Phil Lesh, you heard of him? I I think I know. Uh, I would say a very big thank you to him for something, for a gift that's so much bigger than he could ever know or imagine. He's given a a world of people. I'm getting emotional now, too. Um, Music and community and love and continued a tradition that now like is getting passed along and that was a question you asked earlier and it's like you know unfortunately we all our time all comes at some point and so what happens then and like I saw that picture of you 10 years ago that you posted the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? That was a great shot. I thought it was great. And I thought it was from you know a week ago. So by the way. Thank you. Yeah I mean Anyway, so the, my, my message would be a very heartfelt thank you. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, you're looking at it right yeah. now. It's so yeah. much more, and it's going to, you know. Yeah, so we're, we're living it. We're so, so fortunate in our role here, you know, whatever we're giving back to the community. It, it's amazing. We saw Phil, play, Phil and Friends play at Skull, Skull and Roses. And Roses. Oh, nice. He did Ripple as an encore, and I'm, we were he, standing he side crying. stage. He was crying. Yes. He, he was he was shedding the same tears we're all kind of shedding oh, yeah. here yeah. Uh, yeah, for a, a beautiful reason. So yeah. thank, thank you yeah. guys yeah. both. I uh, can't thank wait to you. hang some more, talk some yeah. more. Oh, yeah. It's not over. 
not over. Not over. You should get him for that special on Phil's gear and all. I mean, you you know, like a whole oh, podcast. Oh, the rig rundown? Yes. I'll do a rig rundown. All right. Yes. Yeah. 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 That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. That would be so cool. <laughs> It'll yeah. be funny. And people will listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will. <laughs> That's right. They will. Most of the comments will be like, what the yeah. hell is he talking as about? As long as we stay completely quiet yeah. during the conversation, exactly. they'll listen. Yeah. So, well, thanks, uh, everybody. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Let's have some fun. All right. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Green Room, a presentation of Mount Tam Media. You can hear more spontaneous stories from the secluded confines of green rooms on our next episode. To experience all Mount Tam Media productions, including the Woman or Smarter podcast, log on to mounttammedia.com. We'll see you at the next show. Well, American Man.